they've got this insanely beautiful house. It costs a bunch to upkeep them. You, know, you have a thousand acres. You've got yard crews, maintenance crews. These houses are hundreds and hundreds of years old. There's a lot of work that goes on. And so a lot of them just fall into hospitality because that's a, a way to make money. It's it's a one or two person shop. And so they're not able to go to conferences and spread the word about their estate. They don't have the ability to call every corporate offsite company and call filming and fashion agencies for shoots. And so that's what we do. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Michael Golden, co-founder of The Storied Collection an exclusive collection of historic estates, castles, and other unique residences turned accommodations situated across the United Kingdom and Ireland. Michael and his wife were searching for a much needed vacation as COVID rules across the world began to subside. They dreamed of staying in a beautiful castle, but the search was rather difficult and the historic properties were particularly hard to find. After hours and hours of research, Michael finally found the perfect property a property his family lineage could actually be traced to. The decision to book, after finding that out, was a no-brainer. Tune in to hear how this experiential feeling at the intersection of exploration and history led him to find co-founders to start Storied, a collection of the most richly historic and enjoyable places to stay in the world. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Michael. All right, Michael. We are we are live, my friend. How are you doing today? Pretty solid, Zach. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. We've we've both have had some issues with childcare and, <laughs> and taking care of our little ones, but glad to finally be connected and dive into it. Uh, likewise, man. And I I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, actually. I, I guess I first stumbled upon you because you are one of the hosts of Good Morning Hospitality. Uh, Will Slickers um, is obviously the founder and uh, and creator of Hospitality FM. That's I think one of his like flagship shows. Uh, it's Good Morning Hospitality. It's a, it's a weekly show, and um, that's how I first stumbled upon you. And then I was like, who is this Michael guy? And I was doing some googling, and then I stumbled upon the Storied Collection. I was like, this is such a cool concept. It's such a cool brand. So I'm just I'm just super thankful, man, that you've made some time to to chat with us today. I, I promise I'm not an international man of mystery, but yeah, good to to chat with the voice of Good Morning Hospitality too. So anybody who's a, a regular viewer might recognize Zach's voice from my show as well um, with our intro. So full yeah. circle, it is full circle, full man. Circle. And my listeners, my our listeners are like, what? Um, and yeah, Will was like gracious enough to uh, invite me to record uh, the the intro for for y'all. Um, and and by the way, like if you guys, if you guys don't listen to Good Morning Hospitality and you have any interest in the world, 
obviously short-term rentals, but, you know, the greater world of hospitality. You guys have, you know, one of the best, if not the best, uh, uh, in weekly news shows on, on just the industry writ large. So if you guys are wanting to just stay up to date on the latest and greatest uh, in all things hotels and food and beverage and short-term rentals, be sure to listen to the show because um, I, I, I actually really, I, I wasn't listening to it for a long time and not, not, not because I didn't like the show, just because I've been busy, but I have listened to the last few episodes and I, I like you guys' dynamic um, and, and whatnot. It's a, it's a really great, great listen for any of those, anyone who's just interested in kind of, again, the latest and greatest news in hospitality. I'll, I'll actually just go ahead and link that your all show in the show notes below too. So if you guys want to check out GMH, Good morning. Yep, yep. Gee, I got that right. Um, <laughs> you can do so uh, below. But enough about that, uh, Michael. I I really want to talk to you about storied collection and really where where the story of the storied collection really begins. So can you just kind of take us back to to the beginning? What is the storied collection, and where did the idea come from? Yeah, sure. So similar to you, during COVID, um, my wife and I. We're saying, where do we want to go as soon as the the world opens up from the lockdowns? And I said a castle, and my wife said Ireland. So we, it, it was actually remarkably challenging to find a castle in Ireland to book and stay because you search the OTAs and you get city center things. You type in you know castle in Ireland, and you're going to get museums, and you're going to get you know derelict places that might be famous from history, but you can't actually stay there. And once you start finding places to stay, then you also don't know the quality and standards of the place. Uh, it, the photos could be 10 years old and it'd be old and musky. Hmm. That happens a lot in the castle world. Unfortunately, uh, the upkeep of these places is quite significant, but after going and staying in, uh, an absolutely stunning, fantastic property, I came back and chatted with my co-founder, Justin, who was at Airbnb for 10 years, like one of the first employees there. And he was planning his wedding in a manor house in England. And he was having the same trouble. Like, I'm not over there. I don't know if it's nice or not. How do I find these places? And, you know, the two of us combined have been in short-term rentals for 20 years. And couldn't, we're, we're struggling, spending hours and hours of trying to find something. And so we started diving in a little bit further on like, is there anybody out there doing anything with castles? And in large part, the answer was no. Huh. So uh, we started kind of calling some people, just cold outreach. Uh, and the second property that we spoke to turned out was in my family tree. No way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so I, I had done all my lineage and background and all of that. And, and so before this call, I'd hopped on the, the property's website. It's called Fenton Tower. It's about 30 minutes from Edinburgh. And looked through its history and saw a name and cross-referenced it. And sure enough, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Wow. And, and after that, it was like, all right, this is super cool. That's 16 generations back. I'm one of a million, two million, three million people that have the same tie. It's not that unique, but it feels <laughs> so unique. Yeah. And so after that, like aha moment, Justin and I are like, all right, let's, let's set out. We're going to build this brand. Um, we started out kind of with an OTA model, always 
with the eye of becoming a brand. Yeah. And we we model after preferred or SLH a soft brand approach because we're not going to go and tell these people you need red carpets and you need to hang a, a sign over the front door that says storied collection. So we, we've taken the soft brand approach, um, same similar revenue models that soft brands take and uh, signs another one today with uh, the largest landowner in Scotland. Wow. So, wow. Dude, I, yeah. th- such, I mean, such a cool like story, right? And and how, how amazing that you found somebody that you're actually like related to that is that has been in the business right that that owns right uh one of these one of these castles that's so that is so cool can you unpack sort of the the business model of of what it means to have a soft brand i think some folks have an understanding of what that means i think others might have some some sort of understanding what what does it mean in in your context yeah uh i want to touch on one more thing that i skipped over so the ancestry tie what we've started doing is indexing all of the historical names on our site. Okay. And then we gave that to ancestry.com with links to our site. So anyone that has ancestral ties will find it on ancestry.com and then have a link to to us. Wow. Wow. It, uh, you can actually find your ancestral home and book it, uh, via ancestry and, uh, storied collection. That is, that is so badass, dude. I mean, talk about like a powerful, just like backlink too, for SEO purposes. That's amazing. Hundreds <laughs> of backlinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, uh, the, the business model. So hotel soft brands are basically like a, a Marriott brand, except they don't make you fly the flag. They don't make you have certain room size and certain amenities in each and every room. So the soft brand gives a collection of similar style, similar feel type properties uh, where travelers can know if I wanted to go stay in a castle, there's storied collection. Yeah. If I wanted, if I'm into architecture and design, there's design hotels. Yeah. If I'm into, you know, elite, small luxury hotels, then I go to SLH, small luxury hotels. Uh, And it comes with various things. Each company has their own models, but broadly speaking, top of funnel lead generation, marketing, PR, we do some technology, we shoot videos, we have a historian on site or on staff that pulls stories through from each of these properties and you know, I was at, uh, at one of our estates in April this year, and I met with the owner, and I asked our historian to do some digging before I went out there, and I was able to tell him stories of his ancestors that he had never heard of in his life. Wow. And just super cool to, to be able to tie that back in with the owners and be able to provide them you know, more value than heads and beds because... The castle world is far less transactional than your airport, you know, holiday inn. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this is this is so fascinating. So from a, from the guest perspective, am I booking through storied collection? Like am I paying storied collection? Am I booking directly with the property and I'm just discovering the place through storied collection? Like how does how does that component work? Yeah, we don't care. Um we don't get a percentage of the booking that, that occurs on our platform. So we're not an OTA model. Okay. Uh, 
so we do encourage uh, the guests to speak directly with the properties. But what typically happens with us is we'll get a travel agent or a family or a corporate offsite booking that says, hey, we have 20 people. We want something in September. And ideally, it's in Scotland. Yeah. And then we say, okay, great. Here's your options. Here's availability. And then once they, you know, here's the budgets. And then once we uh, go beyond that step, then we we let the property take it from there. Because all of our, our estates come with service. Yeah. And, you know, they're, one of our places has a Michelin star chef on staff. Uh, it's a 25-bedroom, gorgeous place. It books to some of the top brands in the world like Google and Amazon for regular regular events. But we also have another one that just held the Ryder Cup team for the Scottish Open. Wow. So wow. They, they housed them. Um, but you know, it, it, we're totally fine with the travelers going straight to the properties too. And we, we want them to, uh, we, there's a lot of middlemen, if you will, in, in travel and we don't want to be middlemen. Yeah. Uh, we want to honor the, the legacy and heritage and history of these properties and show particularly Americans that these places do exist. They're actually pretty affordable on a per bedroom basis and it is the best experience you're going to get in traveling into the UK and Ireland um, because the whole estate's yours. Yeah. I think our smallest estate is 100 acres. Our biggest is now, as of this morning, 250,000 acres. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I can't even imagine but, what that what that like looks like. Even, it's 400 even like square miles. Oh, my Zach, gosh. It's 400 square miles. Square miles. Jeez. Uh, but the... The, the majority of them are about a thousand acres. So it's a lot of land. Uh, it's total privacy. It's fantastic for corporate offsites, multi-generational, you know, grandkids, kids, and, and grandparents for special occasions or holidays or whatever. It's, it's, uh, a trip unlike anything that, that most people have experienced. Wow. Oh, dude, I'm just like, I'm just like drooling here, right? Like, uh, like, take me, take me there now. Alrighty, folks, here's the deal. I want to meet you all in person. All right. I, it's just, it's time. Thousands of you stream behind the stays every month, and I've only had the privilege of meeting a few of you in person. But we can change all of that in just a few weeks. Sarah and Annette from the Thanks for Visiting podcast are throwing TFECon in Columbus, Ohio from September 24th through September 26th. And they've invited me to come and speak at their event on SEO strategy. It's going to be loads of fun with incredible speakers, awesome workshops, and unforgettable networking parties. You can register for the event at tfvcon.com and use the discount code BTS, BTS as in behind the stays, for $150 off your ticket. Also, send me a DM on Instagram, on LinkedIn, or on Twitter to let me know if you're coming. If enough of you are able to make it, I would love to plan like a happy hour or some sort of behind the stays meetup. So come meet me and some of your other favorite creators and experts in the short-term rental space at TFECon this September, September 24th through 26th. It's a Sunday through a Tuesday. All the details can be found at TFV, TFVCon as in TFV as in thanks for visiting con. <laughs> Com. And be sure to use my discount code BTS at checkout for $150 off of your ticket. 
All right, friends, really, really, really hope to see you all there. All right, back to the show. So is, is your hope, is your hope that like, from, from the from the guest perspective, right, as, as you think about building the brand of, of Sword Collection, like, are you, are you guys hoping that folks fall in love with your collection, like, like your brand, and then, you know, when they're planning their family reunion for next year, they pick a storied collection property, a featured property, and then you're hoping that over the next few years, next time they're interested in some sort of larger event or or getaway, or maybe maybe it's, maybe somebody owns a business and it's their corporate offsite, that they have maintained enough affinity for you that they did go and discover their next place through through you all. Or I guess talk to us a little bit about how you see your brand interacting with prospective guests as opposed to the owners and operators of these these uh, spaces. Yeah, so all of our properties are owned by the historical owners. You know, there's a, a guy named, uh, well, I'll leave his first name out, Mr. Gordon, and his ancestry goes all the way back, the Gordons at Clooney Castle, back into the 1500s. Wow. wow. So it's straight line all the way back. And that is the norm for our properties. Uh, so... That the cool part is guests oftentimes can meet these owners. Uh, they live somewhere on the estate. Uh, they're usually involved in guests arriving and, and whatnot. But it is they they weren't born hospitality people. Yeah, they kind of fell into it. They've got this insanely beautiful house. It costs a bunch to upkeep them. Uh, you have a thousand acres. You've got yard crews, maintenance crews. These houses are hundreds and hundreds of years old. There's a lot of work that goes on. And so a lot of them just fall into hospitality because that's a a way to make money. Yeah. And they, it's, it's a one or two person shop. And so they're not able to go to conferences and spread the word about their estate. They don't have the ability to call every corporate offsite company and call, filming and fashion agencies for shoots. And so that's what we do. Um, yes, uh, a good bit of our bookings are multi-generational, but at least 50% of them, probably more are event or B2B style bookings. Yep. yep. And so that's what we're taking on is, is all of that outreach. Cause it does take a lot of time. Uh, it's a lot of effort. It costs a lot of money going to these events and, and representing them that, they would never get the return going to a single conference by themselves. Yeah. But when we can take it on and break up the cost across the, the estates, then it, then it does make sense. And the ROI is there. So I, you know, too long didn't read. It's uh, taking on a lot of the activities that they aren't able to do themselves. And we can spread out those costs over all of the properties instead of one. Um, you know, trend interacting with guests in the future. That's why largely we're focusing on B2B because they will, we did our offsite in Scotland this year. Let's do it in Ireland this year. Let's do it in England next year. Yep. Um, you know, if someone, if it's a, a clothing company that's doing an offsite, we can say, great. I want you to go to this estate because the owner or the inventor of the raincoat owns this estate, go there. Uh, if it's a fashion company, you know, Gilmerton house, the, the ancestor, uh, 
was a model in vogue in 1920s. So Vogue, go to go to Gilmerton House. And so we've got the these stories that we can weave in for the corporate offsites as well. Which is which is like exactly what everyone wants today, right? Like they don't want to just go and stay at I mean this is this is sort of like what Airbnb's been betting on, right, for the last couple of years here with with you know their unique stays and really sort of like highlighting the fact that today's guests want experiences, right? The 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 place, the destination is is the purpose for the travel in and of itself, right? So like yeah. you guys are taking this up a level of saying, hey, let's actually go to a place that is just like rich with stories and rich with history, right? That that has all of the we don't have to we don't have to invent anything. We don't have to come up with some fun like marketing like slogan, right? Or 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 or, or persona uh, specific story. We just have to tell the actual story of the people that have lived with and or interacted with this estate over the last yep. you know couple hundred years uh and yep. then some right so super super cool like marketing collateral that you guys can that you guys can play with i i am curious and oh go ahead go ahead what, what's interesting with that too is the because we're dealing with the owners and, and they've inherited it and their parents had it and their parents had it and their parents had it the stories aren't often told by the properties because it's their family yeah. and it's like nothing special to them and you know, again, we can go in and and peel back the onion and tell stories that they don't even know about their own ancestors because they never really cared to look. It's just you know, they inherited this massive place, and now it's it's their problem to deal with, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 super super interesting. I um again, like there, it's just like it's a it's a treasure trove of potential marketing uh collateral uh for 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 you guys um which is which is amazing i um i I wanted to ask a question just around soft brands in in general in this space so uh, you know there are obviously there are many in in kind of like the traditional hotel space but kind of in the short-term rental vacation rental space there there are absolutely some i i feel like um, it's still it's still a little new, and figuring out like what what the mo- this model like looks like uh, is yep. is still being kind of fiddled with, if you will. I, I know that you know Travis and Rebecca from the One Hundred Collection I've had on the show. They're doing something um, similar ish. Uh, yep. I, I wanted I, I just wanted your kind of thoughts on like how is this working? I mean, obviously you guys are you guys are still like you're a startup, like it's it's new, right? And and whatnot. But like, is there is there a lot of potential for this in the space? Is is there room for maybe just a, a few people that, you know, have all the kind of like industry kind of like network connections necessary to pull something like this off? Or or do you think that this is something that we're gonna see sort of sort of explode in 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 this market? Good question, and you know we've we've certainly compared notes with Travis and the the 100 collection. We're in Europe; they're not. You know, there's no competition there. Yeah, uh, but pseudo similar business models. Yeah, I think in terms of business models that seem to be working in the U.S. is the the franchising that yeah. Costa Gino, for example, is doing. Um, is it something we're going to keep seeing? I bet so. You know, Airbnb did a great job of raising awareness of the category as a whole. Yep. The problem with Airbnb is no consistency, no standards. And, you know, con back to pros, they've unbundled everything to be categorized. And now cons, again, there's no standardization. So 
I would bet on, and we've done this as well. We've picked the castle and heritage house category of Airbnb and we're branding the top 5% of, of those properties. Yep. The same can be applied to every other segment of Airbnb. And if you look at Craigslist from 20 years ago, you're probably too young, Zach. Uh, <laughs> but the unbundling of Craigslist has led to almost a trillion dollars worth of funding and in, in startups that have unbundled the categories of Craigslist. Incredible. And yeah. Yeah, I think there's a big opportunity to unbundle the categories of Airbnb and then go off and sell it to a hotel brand. Yeah. Because hotel brands just collect, hotel flags collect brands. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, there were 61 brands purchased or formed by the major flags alone in one year. Incredible. 61 new brands. So, you know, it's not rocket science. We're not reinventing the wheel. We are applying it to a new segment, but to be fair, our segment exclusive use acts a little bit more like hotels than it does dispersed house vacation rentals. Yeah. Um, so Travis has at the 100 collection has a little bit more on his hands than, uh, than we do figuring out, uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. I, I do think like what you're hitting on is, um, is, is a massive opportunity. And I think that like if anyone's listening there to this particular episode and they they want a business idea, you know, Michael just gave you one, like go pick a category from Airbnb. I, and do I, something I'm, I'm working on some other categories too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't go picking anything yet. People. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but, but, it, but it's, but it's incredibly, it, it's hard to pull off. But I think, I think that there's, there's massive opportunity and, you know, I, I guess I always think back, and this is one of the one of the critiques I had there that I shared with Travis and Rebecca when they were talking about the 100 collection on on our show here, is that if you are serious about building a prospective guest facing brand, um, there is a lot of work to be done, right? Like if you if you want to rank right number one when somebody's searching for stay in a castle in you know Ireland. That's that's work, right? Like you, you've got to have a solid SEO strategy in place. You've got to have really good content. If 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 there's any sort of if you want the guest to retain any sort of affinity with your brand, right? As they and not like kind of forget how they found the place to begin with, right? You you've got to put in the effort, right? You you've essentially yeah. you've got to build a consumer facing brand. And so, I guess how have you guys thought about balancing that with with quite frankly, just like property, you know, uh, acquisition, right. And, and really focusing <laughs> on building out, you know, the supply, like, like, I guess, I guess how, how much are you focused on building out the supply versus building out the demand? And, and how are you, how are you wrestling with the really important approach that you need to take to, to do both successfully? Yeah, it's a good question. And that's also kind of where we delineate from the 100 collection is, uh, we are going after the B2B supply. Yep. Right. We are not competing with Airbnb, Expedia, and booking. That is not an area that we want to be in. It's not an area that we will be in. And it's a very, very tough game. I mean, you look at Hopper with having raised a billion dollars, yeah. still is not anywhere close to doing the numbers that booking, Expedia, and Airbnb are doing. Yeah. And you know, that's a big uphill battle. You have to really have 
um, some genius marketers to to pull it off. But I wouldn't, for us, so we're, we're focusing on the B2B supply. That's, again, a niche that, that we just kind of saw and no one's doing it. And we're, we launched the brand four months ago. We've gotten, I think we got three leads last week that came in that said, hey, we hear you're the castle people. Like, what do you have <laughs> for this? Um, so it, it doesn't take long for word to kind of get out and spread if you're in a specific niche and you know, people people want to film and do fashion shoots and have corporate offsites and, and storied places. Um, we do push a ton of content. Yeah. And, and that's very key for us. Um, but we've also, you know, the thing with Ancestry for us, no one's ever done that before. Yeah. So we've, we've come up with cool, cheap, free ways for us to, really build out SEO and our brand and get our name in front of, I mean, they have 18 million users. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, it's be creative, right? We're, we're a, a cash trap startup, just like probably most of your listeners. Yeah. <laughs> no dude, but like talk about like an incredible growth hack right there. Right. I love, I love that. It's so, it's like one of those ideas that it's like, it's so simple. Right. And yet, like, could could lead to just incredible, incredible amounts of not just like traffic, but opportunity for you all. Um, and and I love, I love when people come up with ideas like that. Like, it's it's one of those things that you know, once you come up with one idea like that, you're constantly like looking for like other ways, right? What's and other and, and what's next and whatnot. And it's just funny how like when you let your mind, when you put yourself in environments where your mind can kind of just run wild with ideas, like you. Before you know it, you've come up with 10, 20 free ideas for how to position or how to market yourself. Um, and and that is just that is a that is a beautiful example. So I, I love that. I'm, I'm definitely going to share that with folks because I think it's it's one of those like really, really smart hacks, um, which is uh, which is great. One of those smart hacks that's like hiding in plain sight. Right. Like it, 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 it's uh, it, it's awesome, man. I I'm curious about how as you as you as you guys kind of think about like the actual like business model, like how you're, how you're making money. So you said you're not taking a commission uh, from from folks that, that book the stay. Is that what you said? Like meaning if you send traffic, like there's no there's no like affiliate. Uh, so so how how do you guys make money? Are these places like just paying you guys on like a marketing retainer or like a, like uh, on a, or on some sort of like retainer basis or how does that work? Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> again, we've structured our business to be very similar to, to the other soft brands. Uh, one of our advisors was the CEO at Design Hotels that built it to 300 properties, sold it to Marriott. We would love a, a similar outcome in the future. Um, so we said, let's model that business. If if that's what people are buying, that's what we're going to build. And it it is it, it's a combination of a membership fee or due. Okay. Uh, with a percent of, of gross revenue. So, um, you know, again, we're not reinventing any wheels. Yep. It's far cheaper at our phase right now. You know, price will be going up as we become a more and more recognized brand. Uh, our early members are, we love them. They're, you know, taking a, a bit of a gamble on us because we're still new and early, but yep. we've had a lot of early wins and, a lot of really cool things in the pipeline too that could just help the, the brand blow up. 
Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I know that you're really focused on sort of like the B2B market right now, but um, I, I, I can also imagine, right, like one of the funny things about B2B is like, a lot, it, it's still at the end of the day, it is often the case that you're, you're talking to one individual or, or, a, or a small team of individuals who are in charge, right, of, of either planning these events for, for their company um, and, and are planning offsites for uh, maybe they're an agency like that's working for, for a larger corporation, right? And so you're still marketing to people at the end of the day. And oftentimes it's yeah. like an individual. So as you think about the storied collections sort of marketing strategy obviously you guys are really early right like you're being selective i would imagine with who you bring on who you partner with who you, these these early members but as you grow uh how are you thinking about sort of telling the story of of storied collection like do you guys have any super cool like marketing campaigns that you can talk about that that are in the works like how are you like there's again there's so much you could do with the brand that i'm just like how like what what uh what of the hundred cool ideas are they going to choose yeah, well, it's as many of them as we possibly can and also afford and execute well on. Um, there are a lot of different angles and avenues for us to take it. I think for us, it's what's going to provide the biggest bang for the buck for our members, uh, drive the types of bookings that they want. Uh, I mean, a lot of them, they get a lot of weddings, hmm. but weddings are a pain, right? Mm. High stress. Yeah. You know, they, they take every weekend and peak season and that ruins every other business that, that you want to have, but you also can't bite the hand that feeds you. So it's kind of catch 22. Um, you know, I, I'd love to come back in a year or two and re-listen to this show and, <laughs> and, uh, see what, what happens transpires between now and the next 12, 24 months. But we're in talks on some TV show concepts with some studios. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of different ways a TV show can look when you have castles and stories from history and genealogy all combined. Um, that's one route. You know, we've got some deals in front of us with some people that have highly curated YouTube audiences, people that love castles and manors in the UK and do tours of them and hit talk history of them. So that's kind of low hanging fruit. Um, but you know, the things that Justin and I are good at is outbounds and yeah. partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're, we're working with landing some deals with some of the biggest 
travel operators, tour operators that take Americans to the UK and Ireland. Uh, so the the other stuff is a little outside of our wheelhouse, gravy on top. But yeah, you know, the things that we can do and provide more immediate value uh, is just pick up the phones and and form some relationships. Yeah, yeah, dude, I I, I love it. Um, it's such a cool concept. Um, I, I actually I want to talk a little bit about how you would advise. I know that you've got other. Uh, Clearly, you've got other uh, ideas up your sleeve as to how you might sort of expand this this sort of model over over time. But if you're if someone who's listening to this conversation right now is as a young entrepreneur, um, and or you know you don't have to be a young entrepreneur. You could be a you could just just an entrepreneur, and you're you're looking for your next thing. Um, maybe you've built a you know boutique por- por- portfolio of short term rentals that you've just sold, right? And you are trying to figure out like, okay, what do I do with my time now, right? What what opportunities do you see to create other soft brands in this space and or just like other other opportunities in general that you if you had more time on your hands right or if you weren't focused on storied collection like right now that you would probably be working on oh, went on mute there uh, i kind of got into story collection because i've always wanted to own a castle and my wife is into horses and a lot of these places have stables or barns that, uh, that she could be happy. I could have my hospitality business and it's a fantastic lifestyle, uh, business. I think the, the things I've learned along the way, I've always been in early stage travel startups. Yeah. This is my first time around as the founder. Uh, it's a different ball game. Kudos to, the founders I used to give a hard time to, uh, <laughs> but you know, some advice I got from our advisors is it it's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much as you think. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely true. You know, it it takes uh, another piece of advice. Shout out Dave Kraus was you, know, you can't hire nine women to have a child in one month. You can only have one woman have a carry the child for nine months for that baby to come. Yeah. So brands, brands take time to build. There just is no fast forward button. Um, and all of us that are in startups or entrepreneurs are usually not the most patient. We, we want things to happen and happen fast. So that's been a, a big learning. Just try and be a little more patient, plug away as much as you can. Uh, in terms of opportunities, I'm really not, I have much more of a partnership mind than I do a uh, entrepreneur mindset of where's the next dollar. Yeah, it's more how do how do we take this and mash it with that, or what can we do um, to to elevate our brand and why is it good for them to work with us? You know, Ancestry had never done a relationship with any property company before. Um, but they bought in the concept before you know, we were too far down the line on, on even having a website. Wow. So you just, you, you find the right partners and it just makes sense and it clicks. And yeah, if I'm looking at a business, that's how I always kind of look at, it's what I fall back on. I'm not a coder. I'm not really a marketer. I'm a partnerships and, and biz dev guy. So whatever I start, I already need that landscape a little bit of 
how do we move and and partner with these people, these people, these people? Yeah. Um, so. No, I, I I like it. I I mean, it's a it's it's certainly an approach. Um, and I like I like that you talked. Uh, you've referred to yourself as a partnerships and, and biz dev guy because I actually think. Again, anyone who's listening to this podcast that might have some of that experience, um, but like <laughs> haven't started or like hasn't started a, a hospitality company, those those actually make like the best, some of the most uh, most interesting founders from my perspective, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to start and grow a business, like you you need a network of people who have either done what you've done in a different context that you can tap into for advice. You need customers, you need early adopters, you need people that like you can go to to ask questions to. You need folks that are going to be willing and and, and excited to try your product when it sucks, like when it's still like in beta, right? And and whatnot. And and I think that folks who have that sort of mindset already that like hey, I the, you know, the more people that I can bring into my network, the more people that I can bring value to, and then at one day ask for something in return, the better. The, those individuals just make the best founders simply because they have more people to to kind of tap into when they need some some support or some advice, or again, just just an early user. It that, that's a very big and important point. Uh, had I started this right out of college, I would. I wouldn't be doing it at this point. Yeah. yeah, eighteen months in, it's just not a. I, I would have fallen flat on my face. Um, I've relied a ton on on the network I've built over the past ten years in the industry, and you. I think we, especially in America, glorify the young startup founders. But man, the, the young startup founders that really make it are off the charts genius. Yeah, uh, I am not that. I I've had to build my network, and then, you know, our industry in particular is very good at supporting their their friends, their yeah. their network. Yeah, uh, it's a very collaborative space. And when we did a small friends and family round, you know, there were people that just said, "I don't care what the business is." here's like, here's a check. You'll figure it out. And if not, no big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of pressure to, to take in, but it's fantastic to, to have that support. Um, and then doing it that way, you've got other founders who've been in the same boat as you that you can call and say, Hey, I'm dealing with this. Have you ever dealt with this before? And odds are they have. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You know, all of our problems aren't unique. Uh, they feel unique and they feel like how how has anyone ever gotten through something like this before? Yeah. <laughs> but people have and and it's funny, you know, you're you get really stressed out and worked up over something in particular, and you call uh an investor, uh advisor, just a friend. And they're like, oh, yeah, look, we had this too. It's easy. Just do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, how did I not think of that? It is insane. But again, like if you're 22 years old coming out of college, don't have a built-in network in the industry you want to start, it's doable, but it is a heck of a lot harder yeah. than uh, than doing it on with after having built up your own network. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you you more there. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. 
Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Couple final questions for you. One is just around this, this essentially what you're doing is you're sort of like building this uh, like asset light business, right? In the hospitality space, obviously traditionally, hospitality uh, businesses were anything but asset light. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there are so many different approaches folks have taken. Obviously, some of the most, you know, the largest hotel brands are more asset light today than they have ever been. Um, but but I, I do want to think, I do want to just ask you a question about how, how you think about this as, as a model for, uh, for more people to sort of get into and, and found companies like Storied Collection um, that, that act as a soft brand, like in terms of like valuation and whatnot, like I, I think that the temptation might be, Hey, I'm going to start and build a collection of unique stays. And then my goal is in the next five to 10 years, I want to be able to sell this portfolio of really bespoke, highly curated glass cabins in the wilderness that I built. Right. And, and that, and that's certainly a path to building a company that, you know, could, could sell for something, you know, some, somewhat meaningful. You're, you're taking a, an entirely different approach um, with, with storied collection. Can you talk a little bit about sort of, and, and not to, not to share actual like numbers necessarily, but as you think about, as you think about advice you'd give to a young founder who's trying to decide whether they raise a bunch of money, go build these really cool, unique stays and, or try <laughs> the soft brand a- approach first. Is there a path that like you think makes more sense given, given where we're at um, today? <laughs> and, I, and I guess this is kind of a silly question because you've obviously thought about these things and you've, you've chosen, you've chosen to take the soft brand approach, but like, but, but seriously, as you think about the industry in the aggregate, do you, do you see more opportunity in, in one than the other? Or do you see kind of like a quicker exit taking one path than, than another? Or, or how do you wrestle with these, yeah. these, these big and questions? It, it's not for us. Uh, Justin and I are, are, we're structuring the business in a way that it could be bought, but we may never sell it. Like, exactly. We both, yeah. we both love it, right? Yeah. It is, it's a lot of fun. It's a cool segment. Uh, everyone we talk to is very interested in it. But, you know, I think at, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to doing, playing into your strengths. Yeah. Um, I'm an advisor for uh, Derive Ventures, who does a lot of travel, early stage investing. And one of the, the partners over there called me about a paper that he want, a white paper that he wanted to write on. Uh, how would you structure a business, right? Yeah. Uh, Try and go national like Vacasa and Sonder, not so much. Try and franchise it like Costa Go. Love the business model. Tough to replicate, right? It's not easy. 
I I actually love the the Opco Propco model. If we had, if I was more of a traditional real estate guy, uh, we probably would have gone that route, yeah, uh, and bought real estate ourselves. But you got to know your strengths and play to your strengths. I don't know how to underwrite a hotel. Yeah, yeah, that's not not my strength. And nobody in their right mind is going to write me, you know, ten million dollar check to go buy them a hotel that I've never done before. So what what Justin and I are good at is hustling up you know, creating a vision, selling the vision, building the vision and, yep. and executing it. And so again, it, yeah, there isn't a one size fits all. If I, if I had the chops to, and was a real estate guy, the prop Coco model all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe we do that with storied in the future and we bring on people that, uh, that do the, the prop side for us. Um, but yeah, there's there's a three hundred million dollar estate that just got bought by uh, the owner of Patron Tequila, John <laughs> John Paul something. So there's guys out there with lots of money that uh, <laughs> you know if, if they just catch wind of us they're going to be probably pretty interested. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it all all comes down to who knowing yourself, right? Yep. yep. It's okay to push yourself and jump out of your comfort zone, but I'm not a finance guy. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Well, and and also like right to to a point you just made a second ago. This this could be a stepping stone, right? Like if you are a young entrepreneur and you don't know how to underwrite a hotel, but you want to build something meaningful in hospitality, and maybe one day you want to you know build build like a wonder, right? Or like you want to you want to build like a, a super maybe you want to build the next getaway, right? Like you, you've got these visions for the like getaway 2.0, right? And all the things that getaway is not doing right now that you think you could do better. But but taking on all that risk right now immediately, right? Even if you could raise the money, right, might might be really, really difficult. Whereas if you take this, this first step of like, okay, what does it look like to build a massive network of people in a very, you know, niche specific area? Of, of the space, of the industry, do that first thing well. Maybe you can sell, maybe have some sort of like exit or you know, you just keep it, right? And it's, it's just a business that's essentially, you no longer have to operate. You, you, you get a professional operator in there and it's just cash flowing nicely for you and it's just a cool you know business to have as part of your portfolio. Then you can go take on that next challenge once you've built the relationships, once you've, once you've learned everything that you can learn about what it takes to build a new brand in this space and like what timelines to an exit look like and all, and all this stuff. It's a lot. It's a lot to take on when you, when you take when you take it all on at once. So, uh, I I really like your approach. I think it's really interesting. I think it's really fascinating. And I'm like I am just very very excited to see what happens with like the 100 collections model, which is related but different with what you guys are doing. I think that there are going to be others that pop up, and I have high hopes for for these sorts of brands and these sorts of businesses that y'all are building. And I can't wait to see what comes of it, but um, dude, I'm just got a lot riding on it. So yeah. hopefully, fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's similar to you. You've got a young one at home. I've got my my number two coming uh, soon. It's a stressful time to be a startup founder and a new parent and have a fundraising environment like we're in right now. Yeah, but uh, you just have to have the the belief that it's all going to work out, and you know we're we're right on track of, of where we expect it to be uh, from a numbers standpoint, which you know, a lot of companies can't say. Uh, so that gives us a lot of hope and 
getting to where we want to be sooner rather than later. That's amazing, man. And um, yeah, I mean, props to you. I, one of the things I always tell my wife is like, look, life is never going to get simpler. Like as you, you know, if you have, if we have another kid, like as the kids just get, get older, like there's life just gets more complicated. So <laughs> there's never going to be a better time to to try this startup thing. Um, so, dude, props to you. Super excited by what you and Justin are building. Um, if folks want to learn more about Storied Collection, if they want to get in touch with you, if they've got questions, or if they, maybe they even have uh, somebody in mind, maybe they're planning an event right now for their company and they think that uh, Storied Collection property might be uh, the way to go, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, feel free to, to find me on LinkedIn and uh, and reach out. Awesome. So we'll I'll throw your LinkedIn uh, profile in the show notes. I'll throw a link to your website in the show notes, um, and and folks can uh, connect with you there. But uh, Michael, dude, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for all the work that you do to bring value to the industry too. Again, one final shout out for uh, Good Morning Hospitality. If you don't listen to that show, you should. Michael, Will, and I'm sorry, who? What's the name of your third co-host? Brandy. Brandy. Thank you. Um, they do an uh, an excellent job. Uh, so go and and give that show a listen if you're interested in hospitality news, dude. Thank you so much for your time, man. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. Enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, you'll hear Zach's voice on uh, GMH as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.